0: From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on May 15th, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at this week's abortion debate as we enter the post-legislative session world that still looks very similar to the real thing. We have comments from the governor about why he called lawmakers back, a new comptroller general has been appointed and several other of the governor's appointees have been confirmed by the Senate. The lead bids a fond farewell to the outspoken and outgoing Senator Marlon Kimpson as we hear from his retirement speech. And we look ahead to the SCGOP convention this weekend. We also dive into some economic data, including inflation and interest rates. And Scott Morgan has a special report for us. The lead loves hearing from everyone. That's why we have a special voicemail box set up at 803-563-7169. You can leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your world. It is May. It's wrapping up or midway through May. Session's over. Summer's around the corner. What's going on in your world? That's my world. That's all I got going on with my world. People ask me, what are you up to these days? I'm just like, "Uh, I'm still brain dead from the past five months. I have no idea what I'm doing. But you tell me, 803-563-7169. We are officially slash technically in the legislative off-season in South Carolina, but it won't feel like that for the next few days. Starting at noon on Tuesday, all 124 House lawmakers will be back in session dealing with the Senate's six-week abortion ban bill, S-474. This would outlaw abortions around six weeks or so when an electrical signal representing cardiac activity can be detected during an ultrasound. The bill would allow for exceptions for rape and incest up to 12 weeks with reporting to local authorities. The bill also provides for abortion exceptions for fatal fetal anomaly and the life and health of the mother. Now, you will remember that the House has previously approved such a bill in the past, which was then signed into law by Governor Henry McMaster back in early 2021. That law was immediately blocked by opponents while it was sent to federal court for a challenge. Then Roe fell last June, the case was dismissed, and the law briefly went into effect until another lawsuit was lodged with the state Supreme Court citing that the six-week ban violated Article 1, Section 10 of our state's Constitution and the guaranteed right to privacy. Right before session started in January, the court ruled 3-2, throwing out the six-week law. Now, since then, lawmakers have revisited the issue multiple times, but with the Senate unable to pass anything stricter, while at the same time, the House has routinely sought a near-total abortion ban from the moment of conception. Now, House Democrats, who during the special session late last summer pretty much stayed out of the way and actually sided with Republicans in supporting an extreme abortion bill, mostly to antagonize the entire situation that they found unpalatable regardless of attempts by moderates to make the abortion bill more appealing, well, they will take a different tactic during this debate. In the 2022 special session, only one amendment was filed during the debate by Democrats. Now, there are 1,000-plus amendments on this bill, as 474 Several House Democratic women carried in boxes of amendments into the chamber to the clerk's desk last week. Shortly thereafter, cloture was invoked on the House floor, which means the amendments have been cut off for the bill and debate will be limited on each amendment as well as the bill itself. House Speaker Merle Smith told members last week to come prepared on Tuesday to work without breaks for as long as it takes to finish. That means no breaks for meals, though lawmakers can of course and will be able to come and go from the chamber, but with an amendment vote coming up every six minutes or so, there'll be a lot of voting that many will not want to miss out on for fear of it being used against them in next year's primaries. Since the House and the Senate failed to pass a sine die resolution in which they dictate what they can and cannot do during the offseason, the governor used one of his limited powers to call lawmakers back less than a day after they adjourned last week. Here's Governor McMaster.
1: The General Assembly has made progress on a few items this year, such as a certificate of need repeal, restructuring the Department of Health and Environmental Control, School choice passing a SHIELD law and improving an incentive package for Scott Motors, bringing jobs and prosperity to the state. <clears throat> Excuse me, but they have not finished their business. The General Assembly did not close the revolving door for known criminals. That door remains open. They have not passed bond reform. They have not enhanced the criminal penalties for illegal gun possession by known criminals. That must be done. In addition, the General Assembly must complete the state budget, and they must pass legislation that stops our state from becoming a destination for abortions. Therefore, I'm issuing the following executive order, directing the General Assembly to return for a special session to complete the important business at hand.
0: Such a move hasn't happened in some 20 years, and once the General Assembly completes their work, They'll pass a sine die resolution which will usurp the governor's executive order and order will be restored until January 2024. At that same press conference when the governor called lawmakers back, he appointed Brian Gaines, who was formerly over the Department of Administration's Executive Budget Office, to become the next comptroller general for the state following the $3.5 billion double-counting debacle that ensnared Richard Ekstrom. He resigned April 30th. Gaines will serve as Comptroller General until the General Assembly elects a successor or a successor otherwise qualifies as provided by law, a.k.a. gets elected. Now, longtime Senate budget staffer Mike Shiley, who currently works over at DOA, will fill in for Gaines over at the Executive Budget Office. The governor also congratulated three of his other appointees who had been confirmed by the Senate. William Floyd is officially leading the Department of Employment and Workforce. Michael Wise is head of the Department of Insurance. And Seema Srivastava Patel is the new chair of the DHEC board. Next up, a well-known voice that you've heard on this podcast, as well as from the South Carolina Senate, is retiring. One that has graced the airwaves, like I said, of this podcast many times, and that is Charleston Senator Marlon Kimson. Kimson has been serving District 42 in the Senate since October 2013, but President Joe Biden appointed him in March to the Advisory Committee for Trade Policy and Negotiations. Between that new responsibility, raising two children, and working as a full-time lawyer at Motley Rice, Kimson said it was time to step down from the Senate. His retirement speech in the Senate featured a mixtape of some of his most recent one-liners and quirky statements. In fact, here are just some highlights from that hype video. It's about 90 seconds of straight Kimson hours folks. Pun, ...hours
2: upon, hours upon, hours upon, hours upon. And I said, I hate to get in the way of a good Republican fight. You can't put lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. You can put it on there, but it's still a pig. Thank you, Mr. President, members. Just got back from the White House. That would be me. And we're not going to confuse the issue. We're going to be very clear. But I could not in good conscience keep my seat. This is one of those seminal moments where you got to pick a side. You got to pick a side gonna stand with the worker women deserve the right to choose in the state of south carolina and i've already stated that i've never smoked marijuana quite frankly i don't care if people don't listen to me i am uh, comfortable talking to myself i'm uh, i'm very I'm very comfortable talking to myself. Sometimes I look in the mirror and say, self, that would be me. You're a good looking man.
0: Should also mention that uh, later in his speech to the body, Kimson had a life-size cutout standing next to him very beautiful. Now, the Advisory Committee for Trade Policy and Negotiations provides policy advice to the United States Trade Representative on matters arising in connection with the development, implementation, and administration of the trade policy of the United States. The committee includes up to 45 members recommended by the U.S. Trade Representative who are appointed by the President and have expertise in general trade, investment, and development issues. And while we're on the Senate, I wanted to add one more bill that we're watching make its way to the governor's desk soon during this offseason. And that was that sextortion bill that freshman Rock Hill Republican Brandon Guffey sponsored in memory of his son, who was a victim of sextortion, which led to his suicide last summer. The Senate slightly amended and then unanimously passed H 3583, which will receive third reading on Tuesday, be returned to the House for concurrence and then off to the governor for his signature. The bill would define a person who commits sexual extortion If the person has willful and malicious intent to coerce a victim, to engage in sexual contact, and sexually explicit conduct, or in simulated sexually explicit conduct, communicates by any means a threat to the victim's person, property, or reputation, or to distribute an intimate image or video of the victim. Now, an adult who violates this is guilty of a felony and upon conviction must be imprisoned not more than five years. This becomes an aggravated sexual extortion charge when in conjunction with the offense, there is another contributing factor such as if the victim is a child or vulnerable adult. The penalties for adults guilty of this would be charged with a felony and imprisoned up to 30 years. A child who is guilty of this tortion, aggravated or non-aggravated, is guilty of a misdemeanor and, upon conviction, must be imprisoned not more than three years. And really quick, a look ahead this week. The South Carolina Republican Party will hold its convention on Saturday. Yes, we'll be there. I love working on Saturdays. You guys know this about me. Uh, I want to see the people, press the flash, and check out any intra-party drama. Yes, while Chairman Drew McKissick is once again running for party chairman, there is virtually no chance that he won't be re-elected to lead the state's party, which he has been strengthening over the past several years and elections that he's been at the helm. The last time he had a major challenge was in 2021 by Trump's lawyer, conspiracy theorist Lynn Wood. McKissick handily won that race 68 to 28 percent. But his party continues to see infighting at the county level where factions in places like Myrtle Beach and Greenville buck the state party direction. McKissick has led the party since 2017. Let's start off this section with some data. data. We got inflation data last week, folks, and the Department of Labor reports that the Consumer Price Index rose 0.4% in April to 4.9%. That was pushed higher by rising shelter, used vehicle, and gas prices. But on the good side, this is slightly down from the annual rate of 5% that was reported in March. Now, excluding volatile food and energy categories, Core CPI rose 0.4% monthly and 5.5% from a year ago.
2: I understand. Now,
0: for workers, real average hourly earnings adjusted for inflation rose 0.1% for the month, but we're still down 0.5% from a year ago. Speaking of inflation, the Fed continued its moves to raise rates in an effort to combat this stubborn inflation. That's right. The Federal Open Market Committee raised interest rates by 0.25% last week as it continues to fight this high inflation. This was the 10th consecutive interest rate increase, pushing the federal fund's benchmark rate to 5% to 5.25%. While inflation has been affecting consumers' spending power, we've seemingly grown to live with it. But a bigger threat looms, and that is the debate over whether to raise the debt ceiling limit. The Washington Post reports that in April, House Republicans narrowly passed a bill that would raise the debt ceiling while returning discretionary spending in fiscal year 2024 to 2022 levels and allowing 1% annual growth for the rest of the decade. In effect, nearly an 18% reduction from anticipated 2024 spending. Republicans punted on identifying which programs would be cut and suggested this bill was an opening bid to bring Biden to the negotiating table. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell had this to say about the debt ceiling and the effect a default would have on the nation's economy.
3: These are fiscal policy matters for starters, and they're, uh, they're for Congress and the administration for the elected parts of the government to deal with and, and uh, they're really cons- you know, consigned to them. From our standpoint, I, w- I would just say this: It's essential that that the debt ceiling be raised in a timely way, so that the U.S. government can pay all of its bills when they're due. A failure to do that would be unprecedented. Uh, we'd be in uncharted territory, and the and the consequences to the U.S. economy would be highly uncertain and could could be quite averse. So, uh, I'll just leave it there. We um, we don't give advice to either side. Um, we just would point out that, it, that it's very important that this be done. And the, the, the other point I'll, I'll make about that, though, is that no one should assume that the Fed can protect the economy from the potential, you know, short- and long-term effects of a failure to pay our bills on time. We-it we, uh, uh, would be so uncertain that it's just as important that, that this-we never get to a place where we're actually talking about or even having a situation where the U.S. government's not paying its bills.
0: The Treasury Department notes that Congress has acted 78 separate times to permanently raise, temporarily extend, or revise the definition of the debt limit, 49 times under Republican presidents and 29 times under Democratic presidents. And just a little piece of more data. Data. The Labor Department reported on Friday that employers added 253,000 jobs to their rolls in April. The strong number shows that the labor market is still hot, even in light of banking turmoil and increasing interest rates meant to curb inflation. Next up, we haven't talked about COVID in a good while, but let's just mention this, that the Associated Press reports that the World Health Organization said that COVID-19 no longer qualifies as a global emergency, marking a symbolic end to the devastating coronavirus pandemic that triggered once unthinkable lockdowns, upended economies, and killed at least 7 million people worldwide. The WHO first declared COVID-19 to be an emergency more than three years ago. The U.N. Health Agency's officials said that even though the emergency phase was over, the pandemic has not come to an end, noting recent spikes in cases in Southeast Asia and the Middle East. The WHO says that thousands of people are dying from the virus every week, and millions of others report that they are still suffering from debilitating long-term effects from the disease. On May 11th, President Joe Biden lifted the national emergency and public health emergency declarations for covid More than 1.1 million Americans have died of COVID since 2020, according to the CDC. Speaking of the CDC, the health agency's director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, who has led the agency since President Joe Biden became president in 2021, has resigned. The AP reports that in her letter to Biden, she expressed mixed feelings about the decision and didn't say exactly why she was stepping down, but said the nation is at a moment of transition as emergency declarations come to an end. Walensky, previously an infectious disease specialist at Harvard Medical School and Massachusetts General Hospital, had no experience running a government health agency when she was sworn in the first day of the Biden administration. Next up, something completely different, but very interesting and impactful for a lot of listeners. Scott Morgan has this report on the rise of technology and its power in the housing market, specifically how it affects renters.
4: James Wallace has an apartment and
3: the long, sorted tale that starts when the property management of the apartment building that I lived in decided to put all payments and maintenance requests and everything else through an online portal.
4: The abridged but still sorted version of this tale is Wallace paid his rent monthly with a paper check.
3: And they were cashing my checks. That said paid in full.
4: Until a year and a half later, when his landlord sent him a bill for $1,800, They wanted back pay for monthly fees they claimed to have informed him of through the company's newly launched online portal, which Wallace wasn't on because when he went to the website for it...
3: It was saying that it was an unsecure, not secure website. I wasn't about to link my bank account to that.
4: All of which has put Wallace and his partner Aubrey Vaughn in a kind of legalistic existential tango involving debt collectors and attorneys and corporations... All trying to settle whether Wallace owes money on fees, he and Vaughn say the company failed to properly inform him he was accruing. On the portal, when you were looking through the fees to find out what was going on, it was ambiguous. It was like you couldn't really
5: tell what was what.
4: And as renters increasingly navigate online portals that they didn't ask for, Wallace says renters are being held hostage by them.
3: It's all coercion in a sense. I mean, there's really, you can't opt out. And this new normal can be a problem
4: in particular for more vulnerable renters, says attorney Mark Fessler of SC Legal Services in Greenville. My clients are low-income and often tend to be elderly, you know, on Social Security. Many of them lack a certain level of technological sophistication. Some of them don't have access to the Internet. That creates more problems than just taking a money order or a check down to the rental office. Beyond online portals,
5: the increasing use of these background check reports is a great example of how tech is influencing how renters are able to get access to housing or not.
4: Sophie Sahaf is a policy analyst at the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau.
5: One of the things they also rely on are risk scores that are created by these background check companies that are very opaque, black box algorithms hiding behind them being proprietary. And so it's very difficult to see if there's bad, false information in there.
4: Sahaf says this translates into more would-be renters being denied rental housing, sometimes based on small, impossible-to-find-for-yourself errors that show up as red flags, sometimes because of something as avoidable as mistaken identity. And the effects are not evenly felt.
5: People of color, especially Latinos, have a lot of overlap in last names compared to other groups, so they have a disproportionate impact. And I will also know active service duty folks are known to have more identity theft problems, and so that kind of issue can hurt their access to housing as well because credit histories are a common, common component of background checks.
4: Ian Spangler is a Ph.D. candidate at the University of Kentucky who's spent the last few years tracking the effects of technology on the real estate market. He says Sahaf's assessment that renters of color feel technology's impact differently has historic roots. These technologies tend to reinforce existing inequities and imbalances
2: in the housing market rather than resolve them neutrally. And how much do you think about that and reflect on it in the process of software development?
4: Spangler says it's the banality of the technology that most intrigues him, how something we find so boring and ubiquitous has such major potential consequences on how we live.
0: You can find that report and much more at SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. Welcome to the wind-down section, our little break from the news. We're
6: glad you're here, aren't we, A.T.? Oh, yes, this little break. We're so glad you're in this little break with us. Wait, how can you say something different? Oh, I forgot. Oh, Gavin. uh, I forgot this is when we take that little break. May the 15th be with you, Gavin. Anyway, Gavin, we say we do this to avoid the news, but we got some calls about the news. Uh, So it is invading us it it will never leave him it always haunts Help. him it's like it follows but for gavin it's like the babadook it's gavin's babadook <laughs> it's like i it's like i like went to school for this and built my whole life around it <gasps> and then i'm like i don't want it anymore buyers remorse but
0: i can't <laughs> cuz
6: i already did it what do i slaps roof what do i have to do to get you in a babadook today everyone knows anyway. that if you major in something you have to stick with it for the rest of your that's life that's what that means it's a binding contract anyway gavin are you ready for our first call i think i have no choice I have no choice but this to is, say yes. This is my personal <laughs> hell. I'm <laughs> trapped. Uh we uh we're, we're going to triple dip, okay? What? Yes, we've we've single dipped. We've double dipped. We're triple oh dipping. Oh my god. What? it's
0: yes. like a little end of session treat even though yes. we're not still in session
6: as well, session? Like we know whatever this uh, is. A week from today I will be in spoleto charles oh my time. god it's happening next week yes next week a week from uh, today
0: did you purposely remind me of this just for this reaction right now yeah that's disgusting i just i like to see you in pain well you're just slowly starting this like march to like uh decouple from me yes for the next couple weeks Gavin, which is very difficult as a knows. wise
6: man once said that pain is pleasure i think it was pinhead hellraiser um so uh anyway it is the worst part of my year Anyway, Gavin, here we go. Into the call. And that's saying a lot. So many more delights. There's so many other things that happen during a year that affect me. This is the worst. (laughs) I love to hear that. Okay, here we go. First call. Okay, never mind. Yes, of course. I'm smiling. I was joking. The news. Here we go.
4: Hey, SC lead. This is Rustin from Lake Wiley. I have a question for you. South Carolina has been debating an abortion bill but hasn't been able to agree on anything. Are there other states in a similar situation that the majority wants to pass an abortion bill but can't seem to get agreement on where to draw the line? Love to hear from you on that. Also, favorite riff, sweet child of mine, Guns N' Roses. Thanks, y'all.
0: Hey, Rustin. Yes, thanks for calling. I know we're going to talk a little bit about the news, but this situation that you're talking about, you're trying to find out other states that are in similar boats with abortion debates and uh legislatures. It makes me think of Nebraska Mm -hmm. which um just saw a bill die in their session this past I guess past last month in April, that they had a six week abortion ban bill that they were trying to pass through too. Um but they couldn't get it through and it was pretty much a deadlock and that was something very similar to what we were seeing too because now they're back to their twenty week Mm -hmm. situation as we are. So and then of course over in uh North Carolina you probably heard a bunch of hubbub about uh the governor there, the Democrat governor there, Roy Cooper, vetoing that 12-week ban in the House and the Senate uh, will be set to overturn that veto. They have the numbers Mm -hmm. to do that. And that adds exceptions to the 12-week ban, which uh, extends that limit to roughly 20 weeks for rape and incest victims and 24 weeks for life-limiting fetal anomalies. So a lot of different bills going around in different states. So they're all trying to figure out what they can and cannot do based on their legislatures. So it's a
6: real interesting dynamic to see these super majorities in these houses really struggle to to pass these
0: bills because it's too. not a popular issue. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not. <yeah.
6: laughs> you know, like know. who would have guessed? They're listening, yeah. and
0: uh, some people beg to differ. So uh, that's the case, and we're going to see where our guys go this next week.
6: Uh, yep. So that's our first call, where the news is invading here, and now we're <laughs> going to get a little lighter. Literally shorter, even. A lot of short calls. That's why we're triple-dipping, okay? So, Gavin, are you ready? Short kings, short, short calls. Hey, short calls rise up. <laughs> okay, Gavin, are you ready for number two? Yeah. Okay, get number two, Gavin. Gumpin'.
4: <laughs> Hi, this is Amanda.
0: just returning back from a quick whirlwind trip to the C. Low Country, and I saw a Carolina squat in the wild, and by in the wild, I mean on 26th, and just thought I'd Amanda, thank you for doing your civic duty and reporting you. the Carolina hey, squat to us. You know what we say: if you
6: see something, say something.
0: And okay? also, if you squat them, squat them. Well, squat while you, We got em. Squat them. We got, we got, got and, well, You got to squat them. We got I was him. thinking if you got them, smoke them. <laughs> <laughs>
6: That's what we're saying. Yeah. I know. Squat them if you got them. Squat him if you got them. Oh, smoke them. Uh, thank you smoke. for this call. This is the type of call we're looking for. This I know. Is the, vigi- the vigilante justice of the
0: South Carolina. We're empowering our listeners to go take <laughs> law into their own hands. I'm just kidding. Stay away and call police.
6: Uh, what we do mean is if you see any normal cars, please I force want, a squat on
0: it. I want a person who is driving a Carolina squatted vehicle to call 803-563-7169 and tell me the motivation behind it, uh, what triggered it, and how do you, how do you see to drive? How can you see the road? I
6: I do. I mean, obviously, for every Carolina squat there is, there is their Instagram hashtag on the back. Of course, we we all know that their name is back there. So we should we should be starting. Yeah, if you see anyone out there, find their handle, reach out to them, get them to call the. Week, you know, please.
0: this could be. Now that I think about it, we could probably do some critical. Investigative reporting. On I love this. that. Separate podcast. I'm pitching a whole separate podcast no, here. Yeah, I, I love this. We got it. We got
6: on the squad. These last few months before it goes into effect. We gotta, yes. We got a six months. We got to squat the Passat, and bro. Then, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we got to squat the Passat, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we could win a poll. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to ask you your expertise on the Fast and Furious they, franchise. Uh, Is don't. there ever
6: a Carolina squat? Uh, I Spotted? I don't believe I've seen a squat in it, but the new movie does come out this week. And Cross, I'm just
0: saying crossover. I
6: have a big chance to see some new stuff. A okay? strong
0: crossover appeal. Okay. Right there. A
6: lot of Academy Award winners in this movie. Anyway, Gavin, the final dip, okay? Our hearts and prayers go out to uh, Ocean Boulevard and Myrtle Beach for the Carolina Squat RIP. <sighs> It's gonna, I don't know if they're going to make it. They'll fair. never stop they're, squatting. They're not. Oh, 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 oh. I squat yeah. for life. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Squ- squatters rights. Squatters rights. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, last one. Last coming. one of this tremendous triple dip. A I lot know, of people are, so have been much. talking about this dip. A lot of chatter. Everyone's talking. A lot of chatter. Anyway, are you ready? Yep. Yep. This is uh, Ben from
3: Greenville. And... Uh, Would like to make a suggestion for the uh, wind down to help maybe generate some content and discussion. Maybe some top ten list or top five list, something like that. And, uh, you know, last Sunday was William Shakespeare's birthday. So I would be interested in hearing uh, A.T.'s top ten favorite Shakespeare plays. What's your number one? Really like to know. Thank you so much.
6: Uh, Okay, Ben, thank you for the call. Thank you for the content idea. But I have to admit here, I am, uh, I got to say, fresh off of talking about Fast and Furious, I am a very learned man, but I don't know a lot about Shakespeare. My favorite Shakespeare thing is probably 10 Things I Hate About You, right? You're making much ado about Nothing, Yeah, Stop it. Gavin's (laughs) looking up plays. He's going to try and work them in.
0: Uh, Oh, that's me taming the shrew. (laughs)
6: <laughs> uh, so I mean I've read Hamlet, I've read King Lear, I've read Macbeth, and I've read uh, Midsummer Caesar. Night's Dream. I never read Caesar. Oh, that's the only one I've read. <laughs> um, and they so just, I
0: just get so lost. I, yeah. I used to get so lost in trying to read those. You'd have one page with like the actual dialogue, and the other page like telling you what they're actually saying. Like, yeah, I but know. I know that it's at the root of like everything. Sure. I like I like drama. The
6: words he's drama. made up, eyeball. Love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, truly, uh, probably Midsummer Night's Dream is my number one. Uh, mm-hmm. That one was fun. That was a lot of fun. But, yeah, uh I read that when I was the
0: merchant of
6: Venice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was the merchant of Venice. <laughs>
0: a winter's tale. Uh,
6: okay. Rosencrantz, Guildenstern. Uh, 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 anyway, uh, I got to admit, Ben... Every time uh, the category of Shakespeare comes up on Jeopardy, uh-huh. uh, uh, an angel loses its wings. As far I'm more of a sonnets it, guy. You know, oh, I'm a big a you know my me. Sonnets, the couplets. Actually, if you go back at the end of this wind down, the whole thing is in iambic pentameter. <laughs> it's one giant sonnet. It was in iambic pentameter. Uh, uh, so, I write the entire show that way. So no uh, yeah, one? I'm just I'm not good at plays. I'm not a play guy. Mm. I wish I was. Sadly, more of a comedy or a drummer? A comedy guy. Yeah. Through and through. I could see that. You know? Anyway. Uh, You had some millennial news to share with us. Real quick, before we go, I guess I can do this. (laughs) Some terrible millennial news. I hate to hear that. Uh, I know I'm only assuming on your part, Gavin, but if you're anything like me at all, we both didn't use this stuff, but Mm. recently I've seen, in the last month, Pokemon cards have made it. To Antiques Roadshow, and uh, <laughs> that when I saw that, I was like, "Wow, no, it's too soon! It's too it's soon!" <laughs> I thought we had
0: more time. Did they have what were the, were the values? Did you see? Did you? Uh, I, right? I I saw it. I shut it off.
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I can't be. It
0: I can't be that old.
6: No, no,
2: no, no it's not no, possible. Yeah. No. Uh, so
6: yes, sadly for all millennials out there, oh, take them out. It, it it's time. It's time. <laughs> It's time to send you up to a farm upstate <laughs> so you can run around with other with all millennials. It's all your beanie babies. Okay, <laughs> I, I, it's, The, the, the babies. Pokemon on Antiques Roadshow, when I saw that, I felt older and dirt, okay? That was terrible We're going to be
0: seeing them for the rest of our days. Anyway,
6: like that. on that note, the only thing that's going to take me out of that, into the, uh, the doldrums of that, is going to be... Fast 10. So fast in your seatbelts, everyone. If anyone is watching that this weekend, please call in. I need it. I'm going to Spoleto. I'm going to be in pain. All oh, right. Yeah. I know it's that time calls. for me,
0: but I know it's you're always very, very busy during need, that time of year. I need it's, these calls. Okay. You, we need to help sustain AT. This is like when we hit the clap to keep Tinkerbell alive, folks. It's the same thing. Same uh, thing. You are Julia Roberts. I'm. <laughs> I've heard that
6: before. Um, I've heard that before. You. We were in the movie Hook. I mean, Gavin, you some... to me, you're big shmee energy. Oh. <laughs> Shmee! It's shmee! On that note, shmee, take him out. (laughs) Say goodbye.
0: Well, folks, uh, thank you to everyone who called. Ben, Amanda, Rustin. Be like them, guys. Give us a shout, 803-563-7169. Talk to us about Shakespeare. Talk to us about movies, what you're doing this summer, how we can keep AT alive and well during the next couple weeks. We'd love to hear from you. 803-563-769. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. you well, South Carolina. It is called Minnesota sushi.
6: It is a dill pickle spear. Oh. Covered in cream cheese. Covered in cream cheese. Wrapped in ham. Cut like sushi.
0: Oh, my God.
6: (laughs) That is so
0: (laughs) disgusting.